Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. The latest COVID-19 surge is wreaking havoc on businesses across the Bay Area. It's not a new story, of course. We've been here before. But it's a story that still doesn't seem to have an ending in sight. And that's wearing on business owners who are already worn down. Among the businesses struggling the most? Restaurants. My hope is... If and when we're at a point where the pandemic doesn't rule our lives and our business anymore, we'll feel like it's a breeze in comparison. But it's definitely been really, really hard in many ways. That's Stella Denig, co-owner of Day Trip in Oakland. The restaurant slash natural wine bar is one of the hottest, buzziest spots in town. But that doesn't mean they're immune from a number of challenges. There's persistent staffing shortages. We've been short one to four people on most nights of service over over the last couple of weeks. It's been so challenging from a staffing perspective. It's definitely been the most challenging time since we opened. Inflation and supply chain issues. There are constantly things that we need, whether that's napkins or to-go boxes. The cost of all of those seems exceptionally high right now, and that is really hard. Adding to all of that is the lack of clear guidance on how to keep staff and patrons safe. Local and federal direction around this has been abysmal. It's horrible. It's it's non-existent. Chronicle food reporter Elena Kadvani joins me today to talk about the colliding factors that are making the lives of food industry folks really tough. Restaurants are, once again, being forced to shut down temporarily. How are they holding up? We'll also hear more from day trip owner Stella Denig. Elena, thanks for joining me on Fifth Emission. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. So you've been talking to restaurant owners throughout the pandemic, through all the ups and downs. What's different about this latest set of challenges? Yeah, we've, of course, seen many waves of COVID surges in the Bay Area, most recently Omicron before this current wave. And they hit restaurants in various ways. Instagram announcements of temporary closures is often actually an early indicator to me that a wave that maybe hit New York or somewhere else in the country has arrived in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. What's really different right now is that there's also this intense ongoing staffing shortage across the region. So many restaurants are short-staffed, and when even a few or one person is out sick with COVID, it can mean the restaurant simply doesn't have enough staff to continue operating and they have to shut down. And how common are temporary closures happening of restaurants in the Bay Area? It's hard to say exactly. We did start to notice this pop up on Instagram in the recent weeks. And as I reached out to owners and did more reporting, I found that it's happening a lot more behind the scenes, I think, than is obvious publicly. And it seems particularly common in San Francisco, where COVID rates, as we know, are particularly high right now. Tell me what's the impact of a temporary closure that's a really hard decision for any restaurant owner to make. What kind of impact does that have on them? 
Well, there's obviously just the financial cost to losing sales. If you close for a few days, you lose the ingredients that you have prepped for those days, which happened recently to Psychic Pie in Sebastopol. The owners were a couple, both tested positive for COVID last week, so they suddenly had to close for the weekend. It also means that workers lose out on shifts. One exception to that is I spoke with Stella Denig, who's a co-owner of Daytrip in Oakland, which had the same thing happen in late April. We all came in on a Wednesday and heard that day that one team member tested positive for COVID on a rapid test. And so we immediately sent them home and then we just rapid tested everyone else. But then about 20 minutes before we were supposed to open our doors, we found out that someone else on the team had just tested positive for COVID. It was a stressful moment because it was right before we were about to open our doors. We sat the whole team down together, everyone who's there in that day, told them what happened, heard voices that didn't feel comfortable running service that day. So we made the call on the spot to close down for the day. But they decided to pay their staff for the lost hours, and they felt like that was the right thing to do, but it cost them $12,000. As a business going in, we decided to close down two weeks out of the year every year, about six months apart. It's rare in this industry that any of us can get time off, so we made that call for that reason. Making that call costs about $10,000 to close for a week for us. So we lost even more money than we did during a full week of being closed just because, you know, we still had food costs, food waste, labor costs. I mean, so much. It was hard. Elena, listening to Stella's challenges, it feels like we've been here before, two steps forward, one step back. What's the general feeling of restaurant owners now? How are they coping? I think there's a sad sense of deja vu, both for them and, and me. We've done this kind of similar COVID story many, many times. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of still nervousness, things feeling really fragile. One of the owners of Psychic Pie used that word, and I think that's exactly right. And I think we all feel it personally of like you maybe change your behaviors and you feel comfortable doing certain things again. Then all of a sudden, perhaps you feel like you have to pull back or be a little bit more cautious and they're dealing with that day in, day out. And that's, of course, compounding, as you mentioned, with staffing shortages. And we've talked about that on the show quite a few times. How is that going? Have things even improved or are things worsening? Sadly, it doesn't seem like the labor landscape has changed very much. In almost every conversation I have with restaurant owners or workers, staffing somehow comes up and restaurants are grappling with how to adjust, whether it's shortening their hours or I spoke with the owner of a coffee shop that's just been shuffling employees between their different locations to try to cover shifts. I just saw a fine dining restaurant in Oakland that cut walk-in service to their bar because they don't have enough employees And this is happening, as we know, because during the pandemic, a lot of restaurant workers moved out of the Bay Area and they didn't come back or they decided to leave the industry for good. And they they are working in other careers now. Has that changed the way that owners are thinking about how to staff their restaurants or even the way they manage their employees? That seems to be something that is going to be important for retaining folks in the industry. Yeah, definitely. And I think in various ways most obvious to customers and diners is perhaps shorter menus or changing the service of the restaurant. So maybe you order at a kiosk and so there's not someone taking your order directly and they don't need to staff it in the same way. On the back end, you've seen restaurant owners try to increase pay or offer different kind of benefits or hiring bonuses. 
And it's unclear how much that's really working. What about new restaurants that are trying to open in the Bay Area? You know, there's a lot of new buzzy restaurants, it seems like. I'm always hearing about from our own food section at The Chronicle. How is COVID impacting those efforts? Yeah, there was this really striking example last week with Hanroll Project, which is a new restaurant from the owners of Juni and Hina Yakatori. And they had been in the soft opening modes. They weren't officially open, but people were going in to eat there. I was very excited and I had made my own plans to eat there. They got a splashy eater article. And then all of a sudden there was a post on their Instagram saying, we have some people who are sick and we need to shut down temporarily. Mm -hmm. And losing momentum like that can be a huge blow for a new restaurant. Luckily, they have sort of an established name behind them and they are set to reopen on Wednesday. Other new restaurants I spoke with are also seeing a lot of cancellations related to COVID, which is obviously also really damaging. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. There's also now not really any guidance from the government on how best to navigate COVID safety anymore. People have really shed their masks. Let's hear what Daytrip co-owner Stella Denig feels about that. To not have a voice that we can all look to and that's determining this is how we recommend everyone, every business respond for everyone's safety so that we can get through this and be as safe and responsible as we can as a society, to not have that voice is just not okay. <laughs> We're all reinventing the wheel in different ways. And even those of us who are trying to do the right thing, we still don't have guidance. And that's the biggest challenge and the biggest frustration and honestly, just shocking. Elena, what have other restaurant owners said about COVID guidance and mandates? I think it's very mixed. Some are relieved to not have to deal with checking customers' vaccine cards at the door anymore, while others, I think, wish that they still had some sort of government mandate to fall back on. But a few of the owners I spoke to, including of Psychic Pie, they were not wearing masks before at the restaurant, and when they reopen, they will be wearing masks again. So with the surge going on, I think people within restaurants might even be adjusting their own behaviors around masking and all of that. Right now, we are mask optional for our team. We came together when mask mandates indoors at restaurants lifted and had a conversation about it. And it, it just felt sort of classist to require our team to wear masks inside when for 95% of guests' meals, they weren't wearing masks. I do personally feel safer when I'm wearing a mask with this current surge. And I am more concerned now than ever with getting COVID just because of the impact that I know it'll have on my team, on my business. And it's something that we just can't afford right now. So I'm really nervous and I, I choose to wear one. You know, early on in the pandemic, there was just so much enthusiasm around supporting local businesses. And they were even you know, ways in which the government trying to step in and help with that. We know restaurants at this point have to not only contend with COVID and staffing shortages, but also inflation and supply chain issues. The folks that you spoke to, are they asking for any particular support at this moment? 
I think it's the same as they've asked throughout COVID, which is just compassion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yes, dining out right now might be more expensive for diners. It might have longer wait times because there are fewer staff and the staff who are there are stretched very thin. So I think just being compassionate when you go to eat out and if it's a busy restaurant and you have to wait for a table, it's not the server's fault um, and they're contending with a lot behind the scenes. Right. You know, as a region, the Bay Area is so food motivated. Even when I go out and walk around in business districts, I can see there's a lot of enthusiasm for drinking and eating out. I mean, this is obviously, Elena, your beat as a reporter. Do you feel encouraged about the state of industry or how are you feeling? It's hard. And even the way things feel this week is different from what it felt like two weeks ago. It honestly still feels luxurious to me to be able to go out and eat in a crowded restaurant after that feeling unsafe for so long. And obviously there's still risks and everyone just has to make their own personal decisions. But it is interesting, a few of the owners I spoke to, including um, Stella from Day Trip, said they've had some of their busiest weeks yet in the last mm -hmm. few weeks, um, followed by some slower ones. But So there is still a lot of demand. I think a lot of people don't want to stop going out to restaurants, and that feels like something they wouldn't want to give up, even as cases surge. So I think if you feel safe doing so, dining out with compassion and supporting local businesses is still the best thing to do. It's a great message. Elena, thank you so much for your reporting and thanks for chatting with me. Thank you. Elena Kadvani is a food reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her reporting about the pandemic's impact on the food industry at sfchronicle.com and The Chronicle app. Special thanks to Stella Denig from Oakland's Day Trip for speaking with us, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. <laughs>